0: Sit back, turn the ship over to your COVAS, and relax. We're turning on Flight Assist. (music) 07 Commanders, and welcome in. My name is Commander Mao for the win. And with me, as always, is Commander Psykit. 07 Commanders. If it's your first time listening, we are glad you found us. Every week on the Flight Assist podcast, we talk to a different commander or organization. We find out a little bit about them, what they're up to in game, and we talk about the things we love about Elite Dangerous and its amazing community.
1: Before things get started, we just wanted to say thanks for being here, because this podcast would not be possible without the support of listeners like you. We have... um uh, a someone who um, I speak to on um, on lave a fair amount as he's one of our sort of backup folks that we have in right. Um, every every now and again he's he's got he's got a lot under his belt. Um, he does lave, he does sajai, um, and he's very very knowledgeable about elite. Yeah, he has a lot of experience. Um, this is Mac Winston.
0: Gotcha. This is going to be my first time getting to kind of interact with him so I'm I'm excited.
1: Yeah. Um he is also East India Company mm-hmm. and um I don't know I don't know a huge amount about um about the EIC. Right. Um in general I know um I know that they were one of those groups that were considered triple elite right in the same way that my old faction was considered triple elite right. as well like they've been around been around in elite dangerous forever. for a long long time um, yeah Despite the connotations, but it's, it's all good. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I haven't, I don't really feel like I've interacted him with him one on one, right? Um, because it's normally just getting opinion pieces from him, and I just like, I, I think what we do here is get, is like, I really like getting to know people. Yeah. So, um.
0: So let's do it.
1: Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Hi, Mac. Welcome on into the show. It's super good to have you here um, on, 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 on this show rather than over on, um, on Lave, which we have you on on a regu- relatively regular basis. How are you doing today?
2: Very good. Excellent. It's a nice Cute. day. The sun's out. I've got a cup of tea. I'm good.
1: It, we're in we're in the middle of like a second um heat wave at the moment in the uk and i am absolutely boiling <laughs> it's not being fun yeah
2: i li- it, it i live in the isle of man it's about 21 22 degrees here so it's just oh, the right temperature we went swimming in the sea yesterday and it was glorious apart from the jellyfish which i got stung by um oh, no. <laughs> but yeah it's been a nice nice sort of late summer so yeah it's very enjoyable.
1: Absolutely for anyone who anyone out there who doesn't know who you are um, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself so basically like your commander name um, if you create any content for Elite and how long you've been playing.
2: Yes uh, I am Commander Mac Winston of the East India Company um, which is we've been a player group for well since well I think when did we start it was about the March after 1.0 came out, so yeah, we. I've been in that group for a long time, and I started. I started with Elite Dangerous with the beta. I did have alpha access, but I never, for, for many reasons, I never actually started with the alpha. I didn't start till the beta started, and before that, I, I've been kind of a bit of an elite addict all along um, uh, to to kind of date myself i started with um a pirate copy of bbc micro disc elites in uh, about 1985 or so uh played probably Quite a few of the classics, the, the classic elites, the ones which are basically ports of the original BBC yeah. Elite. I, the, I owned the Sinclair Spectrum, not a BBC. We had a, um, that they were at school, but, um, so I played Specky Elite. In fact, the, the thing is, I, I, it was, it came out sort of on the run up to Christmas one year. I don't remember which year, 85, I think it was a bit, it lagged the original release a little bit. And so my grandmother asked, what do you want for Christmas? So I said, I would like a Sinclair Spectrum Elite. And so she went and bought it. And I I knew she'd bought it because we had all the presents on the Christmas tree. When my parents went out to work, I would carefully open the wrapper so it couldn't be detected that I'd done it before Christmas, slid the box out, (laughs) played the game. (laughs) I put it all back together before my mother returned from work. And uh, so, yeah, I was... Uh, I, it was yeah, it was. But uh, so by the time Christmas Day came, I, I had to feign surprise, but I was already probably rated dangerous by then on the spectrum <laughs> 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 because I'd been playing it all all through the school holidays already. Um, really. So yeah, uh, and then. Yeah, so I saw I played the PC version as well. The PC version of classic elites, um, as well as right. Frontier. I didn't play Frontier that much. I played Frontier First Encounters an awful lot. I really enjoyed FFE. Um and it was it was interesting because quite quite there's there was a bit of a community formed around FFE. You had people like John Jordan who <laughs> After it was basically out of the shops, he reverse engineered it and fixed some of the outstanding bugs, uh, and added a few Mm -hmm. new features. So he had kind of a annotated disassembly of the whole game, which uh, you could, you know, people could add stuff too. So other people add added things like direct 3d. So you play on windows or open GL. So you can play on Linux or whatever. So, um, yeah, I played FFE quite a lot. And I, I, with a few others, we, we had a, um, We had a little community going called the EBBS, the Elite Bulletin Board System, um, which, unfortunately, I've never seen anything like this for Elite Dangerous because we had a lot of fun with with it. It was just general chit-chat about the game. And remember, FFE was a single-player game. It didn't have any MMO features or anything Mm -hmm. like that. But we used to do this kind of role-playing storytelling. It wasn't like a... You're like a tabletop game where you've got a game uh, dungeon master and you you, you know you you yeah. pick a character whatever. We all wrote kind of short stories in this very loose collaborative form where our, uh, all our stories kind of intermingled, and it was it was a lot of fun to do that. And uh, we we wrote masses and masses and masses. In fact, some of it's still on the internet. Um, if you search for the HPA saga, you'll find um, one of the longer ones where about, I don't know, probably about a dozen of us contributed. and um,
1: That's really cool. It was... Oh,
2: wow. It, yeah, it was... it, And and it all started from basically a single message on this bulletin board. One of the guys, uh, a guy called Norman Mosser, wrote this thing where he was trying to steal... A he was he had the, he had these alien creatures who wanted to steal him to steal the, something called the huge plasma accelerator, which we now the concept in this story of the HPA was a bit different from what it is in Elite Dangerous because Elite Dangerous didn't exist then, of course. So he Bro- he wanted right. Norman Moser to steal this thing from the Federation because this was like an experimental weapon you'd mount on a mega ship and blow space stations up with. And then there was this whole saga about stealing this weapon, uh, and Mosser became kind of a bit of a master criminal. And we all, we were all either aiding and abetting him or trying to get him, um, each, each person in the story. So, and it, and it had lots of twists and turns. And the funny thing is we had, we, we never had a plan. We never sat around and said, okay, this is the story plan. We're going to write it like this. Somebody would write a bit. And then you write a bit reacting to that. And you'd write a bit. And we'd all borrow our characters a little bit. So, you know, we'd all write our characters in. And it it, it worked surprisingly well. Unfortunately, I've not found anything like that happening in Frontier First Encounters. I mean, they're not Frontier First And Elite Dangerous. I mean, you've got things like the Inara Journals. And I've written a few of those. Um, until they,
0: they
1: they're not collaborative. They're no, not, they're they're, not, just, it, they don't super bounce off each other. I've been I've d- been in a similar project around like a story. I think the the Discord still exists. It's still preserved. Yeah. Um, but in a very similar sort of roundabout way. Um, in sort of like a Dungeons and Dragons format. Yeah. Um. Uh, obviously um but um but with with very very little dice rolling and a lot of just like this narrative that's continuing and that was very very fun it takes up a lot of your time yes. though, yeah. doing stuff like that, just waiting for the next post and seeing what you're doing i don't think i slept for like a, a month while i was doing that and collaborating with that project
2: yeah um, yeah but th- i i would just think of the next thread of my bit of the story yeah. usually when i usually when i was out riding my bicycle or something um but yeah it was it yeah it was um it, it was good times and the the thing is when when the kickstarter launched i was remember there was you could pay frontier a certain amount of money become an official story writer i was quite tempted by that but in the end i decided not to do it because i thought well Am I really that good of a writer? Um I, I write software for a living. Um, but am I am I really that good of a fiction writer? Is it gonna be worth it? And so um I don't know. I probably should have, I think. The the thing is, I'd have wanted to write it really as perhaps what happened post ffe in other words in in 3300 rather than 3250 yeah. so perhaps have new characters because what i've done cuz i i've i also written some inara logs uh, inara journals and to kind of get round the fact that 50 years have passed um the the kind of commander mac winston character i write there is the son of the commander I use the, the American style of fathers giving their sons the same name. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, just uh, anyway, uh, so uh, ba- basically to explain, and there, there's a whole load of backstory behind that. Um, and so, really cool. so I could I could always already come up with a backstory for my in our stories. And the thing is that I've done the characters quite differently because be, the, the, in fact, I wrote a whole Bunch of characters for the BBS back then. There was like a whole bunch of Winstons who were that they, they came from the plant. They came from the System Factor, which you might, which in FFE was an anarchy, and they were they were all of they. They came from like an agricultural community, and only one or two of them actually became commanders and flew in space. Um, and so you had this kind of impulsive upbringing to all of them they're all kind of slightly criminal and impulsive but you know reasonably you know decent wit, you know sort of fox-like cunning about them um and so that interacted quite nicely with the whole empire and federation thing but um yeah coming back to the, the the thoughts my thoughts about Getting this license was, well, I thought, well, really, I'd have to also find the people who did yeah. the characters back yeah. from the EBBS days, because especially the guy who did Norman and Unfortunately, I'd lost touch with him. He'd sort of disappeared after the, the whole FFE thing kind of finally quieted down. I do check the, I do check on, you know, find on the friends thing on, um, elite dangerous just to see if anybody's registered the commander name and he's back but yeah. no he never he never has <laughs> so um yeah unfortunately cuz i'd i'd really like to do i'd have liked to have done something like that again as like you know not just a single author but like a collaborative yeah. thing between say three authors and and kind of Done the whole EBBS thing, but for Elite Dangerous. But anyway, it was not to be. So um, instead of me, Drew Wegar the famous person and a few others. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I could have been me instead of Drew Wegar. <laughs> but yes, there you go.
0: In, a, in an alternate timeline somewhere, that's what happened. Yeah, I yeah. was going to
2: say, perhaps that was... The, the funny thing with ZB, we actually physically all met up once as well. Um At a friend's uh, up in, sort of near Carlisle, we all went there for a weekend to sort of, well, it was about four or five of us, basically to... Uh, drink lots of alcohol and chuck some ideas around and it mostly as ends up, do, being, it mostly yeah. up being it mostly ends up being really just the drinking alcohol in the end <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> tends to be the case tends to be the case when any elite dangerous folks sort of yes. meet up there's always yep. there's always something like that um you can you can tell just quite how how passionate you are about um elite from even um just i'm hearing you hearing you then um what was it back back in the day what was it that got you interested in Elite what was the what was that driving point for you
2: well there's two things firstly it was like wow this game is like 3D and there hadn't been any proper on the on eight bit eight bit platforms i mean there'd been attempts at 3D yeah. there was things like 3D tanks on the spectrum and there was things like there's a the good old battle zone clones they were always around but this was totally different this was like It wasn't just that it was 3D, but it had all, you know, the little quirky things like the, you know, this planet is famed for its edible poets and all that kind of stuff. And this whole, (laughs) this little proc generated set of eight galaxies and... It also had the, the the 8-bit versions also usually came with a couple of missions as well, which you, because there wasn't really the internet, you kind of found out about by accident. You get incoming message and it'd be like, oh my God, what's this? It was like a real surprise. But also I think, you know, and this whole thing about story writing as well um, is the is 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 the fault of robert Holdstock, who wrote who was commissioned to write the book the dark the, the little the small the novella which came with every eight bit version of the game called the dark oh, wheel right. Um, right and that was you read that and it sort of it was no longer just graphics in a game you played this sort of brought the whole thing you know it brought the universe alive the whole thing including the manual for it that just the regular manual which was about the same size as the novella the way the manual was written i think holstock had a hand in that too Mm. was it just brought the whole thing it wasn't yeah it was no longer just a video game it was Mm -hmm. more it was more than that it had life to it, even though that life was brought by the way the manual had been written, the way the dark wheel had been written. So, yeah, that's – I don't know. It was something that became a sum of more than its parts because of that and yeah. that that thing has really continued on because if you think you, you got frontier that came with a, actually a collection of novella, novellas and so did FFE mm-hmm. and elite dangerous of course has had um the the michael brooks brook the michael brooks that's a tongue twist the michael brooks <laughs> book actually shit if you got the box if you're a kickstarter and you got the boxed edition you actually got the physical paperback with it as well. Um, so you, you you've always which I still actually I still haven't finished. It's like I got halfway through, and <laughs> this happens <laughs> with books these days for me, unfortunately, because it's a full site, it's not like the dark wheel, which is a short one, it's quite quite a long one. Um yeah. so yeah, it's a, and then of course we've got the whole thing with um the 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 whole sort of yeah, you know, I mean people criticize the way multiplayer works in Elite Dangerous, but when it does work you get you get some really great moments in it. I mean yeah. like I love going on expeditions, uh and I usually go on Commander Yannick's expeditions. Um mm-hmm. so he's he he usually does the one celebrating space milestones like he did the the Mercury expeditions, the the Apollo fifteen, the Apollo eleven. The Apollo fifteen was the most recent one, that was just back earlier yeah. in the summer. And the great thing is we all have these meetups on these ex- every, every, usually, out, usually on either a Saturday evening or a Sunday evening, we'll have a meetup and we'll, we'll do silly things on a planet somewhere. And it's, it's just, it's just great fun to have a bunch of kindred spirits sort of group up together and, you know, have some shenanigans, you know, that kind of thing. So. It, it it really does it for me that but and also the other <laughs> things when when i joined when the eic formed i was like i joined probably within the first week because i the, the funny thing is the backstory of my characters back in ffe we're all alliance we're all like sort of true whatever color green i think the alliance is we're all green in the wool, <laughs> alliance type people so like yeah like the 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 first spacefaring guy of the winston family was a guy called james winston he was like a he was like heavily involved in the alliance in in these stories in the in the um sort of intelligence and flight training things um um anyway so but it was like well it's it's a different era now so my commander's not the same person as any of these people uh why not go to the empire you know why not bask in an imperial cl- well the cutter wasn't <laughs> out yet the, the 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 clipper was why not bask in the emperor's glory you know as as an outside again with the um, the idea here is you've still got the the impulsive fect inside now the more the more thoughtful and i'm trying to think of a good word for this uh, the, the sort of more I don't know the, the the less impulsive imperial side, so um, yes. it, it it throws up a bit of contrast. But of course, there are still with the the EIC's reputation for being like it wasn't the days of old a rather aggressive group of traders. You know, we don't just sort of peacefully go around trading. We mm-hmm. we sort of peacefully going go around trading as a pretext to invading some of system so th- there's there's plenty of opportunities for shenanigans there and um, the first thing we did as a group there was a um it was on community goals brand new yeah and one of the first community goals was to build a new mega ship uh, not mega ship a new um capital ship uh and it, it was it was um let me just look it up uh you can probably hear my brand new mechanical keyboard in the background (laughs) it's called the it was it was the one that became the fns nevermore um
1: right okay yeah that's familiar
2: and it basically was in bd's i don't remember the system it was bd plus something or other is one of those uh star catalog name systems and it was like the EIC and a bunch of other groups, we we're going to oppose this because it was, it was, yeah, it's the Federation and we've got to oppose the Federation. Uh, and so off we went. And this was in the day when there weren't, not many people had anacondas. Everybody was doing combat in Vipers and Cobra 3s.
1: which was absolutely brilliant.
2: And there's no wings either. You had to drop in on people's low wakes. That was the only way to do it. So we're all cruising around the system. We had this whole password system where you'd send a message to a player and it it wasn't something that was obviously a password. It wasn't like, what's the password? Yeah, to try and detect whether they're feds or not. Yeah, whether they, they, they were allies or not. And so we'd ask them a specific question. If they knew about it, they'd give the right answer. But if they didn't, they'd probably go, huh? So any of those people went, <laughs> for that. we interdicted and blew up. And it was, it was absolutely, it, it was just brilliant fun. Cause there was a whole bunch and we, we were all, and, and occasionally we got, you know, we didn't always win. We'd lose, you know, there's one guy who's really good at evading interdictions. I watched a <laughs> YouTube video of it. Um, he like into, in, in a type six, he evaded six interdictions in a row. Um Ooh. and then that's
1: I, not too sharp. I'm trying, I, yeah. these are player interdictions, which are hard to <laughs> yeah. avoid.
2: And I'm trying. I'm yeah. trying to remember. Isn't he had a very? He had a. He had quite a recognisable name, but I've forgotten it now. It was about five or six years ago. And um, then then there was the guy who. I interdicted near the planet, and I remember his name because his—he his, was commander Stevie G, and I think he's still playing because I see his name <laughs> pop G up. Stevie
1: G does still play, yeah, yeah.
2: Anyway, I interdicted mm. him, and he was in an ass, but I was in a cover, and I started shooting at him, and he managed to get away. Um, and he was a bit—he was a bit annoyed about this being interdicted. Um, and he saw me coming out because I, I, it was at Hudson Dock where the station, this system. And I, so I went there to refuel and repair. And he saw me coming out. So he went after me and he was like sending me angry messages and trying to shoot at me. And I was like hugging this. <laughs> I was having to fly, hug, hugging this because I knew if he shot the station, he was done for. So I was hugging the station. And I'm flying through all the structure trying to get away from this guy. And so we, we had several sparring sessions because he was really out to get me after I'd gone from them for the first time. I'd, I I never blew him up and he never blew me up. But, um, it was, yeah, uh, that, that was very memorable. And another memory, you know, it wasn't just that. And that The whole thing with the, the, the hilarious thing with the FNS Nevermore is that the, the, the CG did actually manage to complete successfully despite our best intentions. We kind of knew that anyway, but we could certainly slow it down and make it a bit risky for people. And uh, due to a bug, which turned into quite a nice story, the FNS Nevermore, I think, somehow ended up shooting at the space station. Because it was parked next to Hudson <laughs> Dock. And it was like this litany. It had all these kind of failures. Um, but the, the most famous one was when it started. Somehow the station and FNS Nevermore ended up shooting at each other. What probably happened is that the station shot at the ship with its weapons, missed, and hit the capital ship, which then started firing back. And then they started. Yeah. Then they aggroed on each <laughs> other. And it was like going, this this was going on for like a day and a half. And it was doing, they're were, they were actually getting their hulls down. <laughs> so, yes, wow. it was, it, it, it was, it, it, it was, yeah, it was, it was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. And of course, we all had a good laugh at the Federation. And then we had the Lou Wars, which almost followed on directly because behind that, which which our sides kind of we ended up winning that uh, because we concentrated our supply lines and the federation didn't. The federation federation players were so salty about it. They were so so salty. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. the, the, the Lou Wars were that. That was another that was another highlight. Um, and and, and it, yeah, it's just, it's just those early days where when everybody was in Calbras and vipers were absolutely brilliant. And this is of course before yeah. engineering and all that. I think by the time I think by the time the Lou War started, we had wings. Um, but yeah, it was yeah, it, it was it was it was just absolutely brilliant. Of course, things have changed a bit now, but it's still it, it's still a no, it's still a lot of fun. And um, the difference is with CGs now, especially we've got trade CG. I've got this trade cutter with absolutely masses and masses of shields and reverberating cascade torpedoes. And I've, I've sent a few gankers packing. I know never blown one up, but I've sent a few of them packing with it. You know, they, they, they suddenly, they come up, you know, what looks like a trade ship and they, their shields just go down. And it's like... <laughs> it's
1: just good to be prepared. I, That's I've, what it is. I've
2: now added to this ship um, Grom Bombs. So I'm going to take their shields down and then Grom Bomb them and just low wake out and they won't be able to follow me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's, that, that I just gonna, sounds perfect
2: yeah because because usually gankers using Grom bombs but i think if gankers can use them to stop me going i can use them to stop them following me so you know it's like right. yeah. it, it can work both ways <laughs> use the tactic
1: against them and uh, it works perfectly especially
2: when you've got many yeah. gigajoules of shields as well because of course i got prismatics yeah. on this thing and and, and shield boosters at, at the wazoo and engineering and and everything like that so yeah th- things have changed a bit but yeah it's still good fun um and there's still expeditions to go on and well odysse is starting to shape up better and better now so mm-hmm. i think there's still yeah. i think we still got a good future in this there's still lots Absolutely. to do Absolutely,
1: oh yeah I, I, I entirely agree um speaking yeah. of the east india company um what was it what was it that um interested you in them. What was the what was the re- what was your main reason for wanting to join?
2: I think it was th- when when they announced it, it was kind of the whole the whole philosophy of we're a militant trading company. I thought that could that would be a good backstory for whatever I write what, what would eventually become in Ara Inara because I was planning to like write little stories again. And well I don't think Inara was already going by then. And so I just, I just thought it'd be, it, it just make, it make for good character development. Yeah. I mean, it's not really an RP group. I mean, we, we, we usually play the, it's the background simulation. We usually do these days. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. Uh, and now it's kind of, now we kind of, but we, we have other of because not everybody's like a BGS maniac in the group. Um, so we, we do other, we do other stuff too. Um, and and of course in the early days we had quite a lot of no- notoriety as well because we were seen as being a bit we were actually seen as being the gankers although we weren't actually really um
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But right. yeah, there was back in the, back in the uh, liquid catnip days, Who he was the guy who, one of the guys who started it was, we, we had a bit of notoriety. Um, but these days it's, it gives, it gives me shape to playing the game because we do have quite a big BGS. Um, I don't know how many systems. In fact, I can, I can quickly check we're in quite a few, um, on EDDB, we're in quite a few systems now. Um, so we have quite a BGS to manage. And the whole and the thing is because the galaxy is getting a bit packed, a lot of mm-hmm. horse trading goes yeah. on. A lot of people think, oh power play's boring, yeah, what well, it's only do. But we interact a lot with especially with with Patrias. I don't know whether he's supposed to be Praeus or Patrius. Somebody at Frontier said it was Patrius, but people call him Patreus. I've
1: know.
2: heard people say both. Yeah. yeah so yeah. um we we um there's a lot of horse trading that goes on behind the scenes, so it's there, there's the whole, I, I suppose you could call it meta game, but the whole, the whole player, the whole sort of player interaction going on behind this. So you know, to try and avoid stepping on people's toes, and we have we have alliances with certain other factions because, uh, and we have agreements with other and so on and so forth because the galaxy around us is getting quite packed with player groups. And a lot of them them are still active because I think the BGS kind of keeps people playing. It gives people – because it gives the shape – if you're in a group, it gives shape to the game. And it gives – you're not just flying because, well, it's something to do on a wet Wednesday evening. You're doing because you've got a strategic – you're flying the spaceship because it's going to do – something to the bgs so it's it's you know it 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 gives a it gives purpose and meaning to the the whole gameplay um yeah yeah Uh, and and, uh, yeah
0: i think i was going to say i think that's important especially for people who enjoy the mechanics of a space simulation game but don't have that sort of creative mind to like build their own adventure yeah it gives them something that they can kind of wrap their wrap a purpose around
2: yeah and I think purpose is good rather than, you know, because you, it, it, you can see in, a, in an open ended game like Elite Dangerous how you can suddenly find yourself a bit aimless. But if you've got something to aim for. Um, right. Anyway, as you said, I just look at what, what we're at now. We're at 100. We're present in 100 systems as of today in controlling 77. Wow. So we're in, <laughs> let's see, we're in in terms of controlling. We're 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. We're 14th in terms of how many systems controlled.
1: Nice.
2: Um, Sweet. And uh, sorry, in how many present. Um, in controlled, we are... Uh, about 15th or 16th. And in terms, of, in terms of assets, you know, assets like stations and what have you, um, we're actually number four. Fleet carriers Fair is nice. the highest, but that's just fleet carriers. That's <laughs> right. just number of fleet carriers that EDDB <laughs> knows about. <laughs> But the, that's just we've we've
1: made a lot counts. of money. Yeah. We're incredibly rich. Yes,
2: <laughs> but yeah, we we yeah we, we boast about being rich because we are always uh, we're we're always looking because that, that was another thing we did back in the day. We we came there was a guy who came up this this something called he called the Galactic Silk Road, which was like the circular trading route, which you all had decent profits. So you go around and so you wouldn't exhaust any one particular commodity quickly because everybody went around in a big circle. Yeah. um between it was around it's big circular rope with about 30 systems in it but yeah the, the the as i said the bgs gives us shape and we also we we have events i mean one of, the, one of the i wish we'd repeat it we had a well i think it was one of our anniversary events we had a a type nine canyon race yes. with weapons allowed
1: Oh, I love it! Oh. But the weapons, I love I'm on board. the weapons had
2: to be dumb fire missiles. So you had all oh, these Type oh, nines, even better. Type nines, <laughs> dumb <laughs> fires flying everywhere, and in 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 a canyon. You had to stay below the lip of the canyon, and yeah, it was that was good fun. <laughs> it was it was a good night.
0: So when you were talking about BGS you were you were looking stuff up, I I know you mentioned um, EDDB and you've mentioned Inara. Are there any other uh, like third party resources or tools that you really find yourself relying on when you're uh, those when are the those together- are the, those
2: are the two I'm on all the time. Of course I use EDSM for exploration stuff right. and to mm-hmm. look at to look at my path and of course stuff. Uh, I, w- I actually organized an expedition once um called Thanksgiving thirty three oh four. Um <laughs> the the idea behind that was um it was just something we you know it was it was it was another thing, you know Organized something with the EIC's name on it. And it was, it actually became EIC plus Lave Radio because, um, we'd collaborated for a bit on the, the, um, AEDC were annoyed that Lave was controlling, Lave Radio is controlling the Lave system. And there was a whole, <laughs> load, there was a lot of, there was a lot of, Stuff going on for several, for weeks and weeks and weeks about over the control lave, mm-hmm. and of course there's a whole lave because of course in the East India Company we have something called the trading post where we store rares and we trade them with people so they can do engineer unlocks, yes. and of course so we got a big stock of lave and brandy so we're we're always up, up there. Picking up Lavian brandy. Anyway, this was kind of a run to Colonia, um, not via the normal Colonia collection highway routes, but sort of via a smuggling route as, as such. So, like the top of the, the top of the, the top of the galaxy, finding the neutron boosts, all that kind of stuff. So it was a bit of an uncharted route. And so I did this as an expedition registered on the EDSM uh, called Thanksgiving 3304. It was around the US Thanksgiving holiday. So it was, um, we launched um, around that time. It was actually the Tuesday yeah. before we launched live on Lave Radio. <laughs> we had a loading party. We had a loading party of Onion Head at Capitorn Assis and a loading party of Lavey and Brandy at Lave. And then off we went. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I think one nice. one live radio guys went. What was his name? Uh, he hasn't been on feed for a long time. Um, I don't remember his name. I if I look, if I look, Doctor Toxic, that was him. Yeah. Ooh, so, okay, okay. so he came Ooh. along with us in a Beluga liner. Um, but yeah, we uh, unfortunately our scheduled arrival date was the day Beyond dropped, and you might remember how bad the server problems were when beyond Rock, because everybody was trying <laughs> to log on to get the first map by tags on system on planets so oh, we were going to do this convoy from the the tourist beacon in in Co- colonia to jack station and like two of us managed to log on it was like, it was like oh well <laughs> Yeah, we spent that's the whole so, night we so spent the whole night trying to log on. I thought I should <laughs> um, what I should have done, I should have delayed it the arrival for like a couple of days. But anyway. Yeah. You live and learn. But it was it was good. We had a yeah. we had about thirty-five sign ups. So I, I think about fifteen made it. A few people blew up on the way. Somebody blew up in a jet cone yep. and lost everything.
0: Oh, Oof.
2: Oh. Ouch. somebody blew up on the first waypoint um but they're were, they were doing they were like mechanics <laughs> roll. so they had an asp with um like fuel wrap and mechanic yeah you know see wholesale equipment on but they okay, they okay. had a bad launch so they, they could just they could just yeah. catch up with us they didn't lose any cargo uh but yeah we we had a we had a few explosions along the way um but yeah it was it, it was that was that was a that was a quite an quite an enjoyable experience. But it it you do to get that EDSM organized and expedition badge, you have to put yeah you have to put a lot of work in yeah. You have You've
1: to, done one, haven't you, Mal? As well,
0: yeah, yeah, I did. I did the uh, the basically it was the launch of the of the Dogs of Lore, which is my uh, squadron and player minor faction. It was launching the carrier for that. Um, the, DSA thing, the wasn't DSSA, it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and we did it. We did an expedition around that, and that was yeah. It was a lot of work. It was a lot more work than I thought it was going to be.
2: Yeah, because yeah, you have to do all the scouting. You have to organize everything. Mm-hmm. Print up posters. I did a, I did a, I did an ad for Sagittarius. I in fact that's what got me writing for Sagai in the end is because I, I wrote a write up of the expedition as an article and submitted it um, to the right. chief editor, Reen, and he said. I really like your article. Do you want to write for us? I said, yeah, sure. Why not? So I started writing regularly <laughs> for Sagai at that point. That's, that's when I stopped doing my, I would stopped doing my an hour logs then because it was, Sagai was taking up all my time. Um, <laughs> and then I, then it, then like a few, yeah, a, a few, three or four months later, she said, you really write. You your you, you, your stuff's really easy to edit. Edit. You seem to understand the 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 <laughs> style guide for Sagite. Do you want to become an editor? So I said, right. Yes. So I became an editor as well, and. <laughs> And then I mean, you, well, you
1: don't, you don't, do a, you don't do a lot when it comes to Elite Dangerous Steam. No,
2: <laughs> I am not at all obsessed by the game. No, no, yeah. no, no
1: absolutely not, absolutely not. Oh so, my gosh,
2: and the, again, it's, it was, it was a lot of work, but a lot of fun doing doing Sajai, and um, especially because the, the thing is, being a volunteer organisation, we we you know. At some point, you know, you have the the writers are not necessarily native English speakers. So some are, you know, some people are really easy to edit, and other people, you know, you've got to fix up the English a bit because, yeah, they their writing is all good ideas. It's just, you know, they're not native speakers. So yeah, it's not like writing for a paid magazine where they'll only pay writers who've got impeccable English and could follow the style guide. You know, we, we, you know, we 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 have to, you know it's generally people writing for with people with, with the passion to do it, you know, and they're, yeah. they're not necessarily yeah. born writers. So as an editor, you had, you sometimes had your work cut out, but it, it, you know, even so it, when, when you got to the end and you could see the issue taking shape, I, I didn't do much. I didn't do much on the design. I never did a lot on the design side, but I'd always take a look at their Trello cards and see how it was getting on. You'd see the beautiful designs coming behind the words, and mm-hmm. also the podcast. I, I, the podcast was because the way I usually, when I read it, when I wasn't right you yeah, know, the articles I didn't write I, or edit, I would listen to on the podcast because I could listen to them while playing. I I tend yeah, to yeah, flick yeah. through the magazine to look at the the superb artwork and design, but to actually consume the content, I do on the podcast. And that's why we kept going. Yeah. You know, when we, we, we had a, during the content drought, um, we went to podcast only for a bit because we, we had a, the trouble is that there's, the, I think probably the most time consuming job is probably on the design side. Uh, they have to work. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They, they, they work, they all work really hard. And there's only like, there's only like one or two of them ever um versus the mm-hmm. writers we always had like five or six people writing articles and four editors but the the people doing the design were um it, it, it's it's like a rarer skill so when we were we had the content drought back in a couple of years ago we decided to keep on with the podcast and do it monthly um and cuz i loved the podcast and it was it was getting good it, it was getting good listenership numbers. So yeah. we we kept going with we kept going with that. Unfortunately is back in another in another pause right now because again, because uh people yeah, certain key people had real life issues they had to attend to. And anyway, that's that's the way it is. And we thought yeah. we thought what we'll do, we'll pause it for now. Um I don't know when to, but I would imagine by the time Oh, this is in good shape. Yeah, like sort of rank console. Odyssey release time. I don't, know. I hope hopefully we'll look about look at cranking it all back up again. Um we'll you know, people yeah, you know, we'd we've been doing it for like three or four. We'd put out put out a lot of issues and spent god knows how many hours on it. So, yeah, you know, people needed a break anyway.
1: Yeah. It'll, and breaks so yeah. breaks yeah. are really good. Despite feeling yes. um uh and mal and i can both attest to this with um flight assistant other projects that we've worked on despite feeling (laughs) like you're doing a disservice by not putting out that content at the end of the day you need to make that uh, you need to have breaks because it isn't the only thing that you do
2: yeah and you can you can burn out um yep so although although i really loved writing for sagi and editing it i'm enjoying i'm enjoying the break so i can play mm-hmm. i can play some starcraft
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah, oh, yeah. so yeah, yeah. There's, there's a there's a huge there's a huge um as people who create content there there is a huge the you the pressure that you put on yourself um is for me, even more, um, more pressure than anyone else could possibly give. And you say to people, oh, I've got to get something out. I've got to do something. And, uh, but, um, I'm burnt out. I'm, I've got pain or I'm not feeling very well. Anything on those lines. And everyone's like, oh, well, feel better soon. Don't worry about anything. And you're just sort of like, why am I kicking myself in the, in the back when everybody else is just like, take your time. It's okay. Yeah. With, you're still going to be here. It, it's very strange. It's a very strange analogy.
2: Yeah, and it's a, it's a, it's of course when you're on a collaborative thing like sāgai and people are depending on you and you've got deadlines because mm-hmm. we because the only way to the only way reasonably to do something like sāgai is actually have deadlines and stuff. You can't yeah. do it too wishy washy and you know uh, and people sometimes miss deadlines or whatever. But it was the, the old Douglas Adams thing. I love deadlines. I love the whooshing sounds as they go past. <laughs> Uh, yes. But yeah, oh, yes. but for for the design people to have enough time to do their job, and for the pod, you know, the, the voice actors to get their bits recorded, and for the podcast editor, who of course is Peter Watherspoon, to get it all together, uh, mm. and 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 add their bits, you know, the continuity bits to it. You, you've got to get all the writing done sufficiently in advance, and all the scripts. Made for the for the voice actors and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, you do feel you do feel under the cosh a bit sometimes when you look at the Trello card. You think, oh god, I've got like yeah. three articles yes. to edit tonight, <laughs> so I don't miss the deadline, and I've got to do a good job on it. And I've gone through this first one, and it was written by a non-native English. I've done one pass, but it really needs at least another two passes. Yeah. And it's like, mm. yeah. yeah. <sighs> So yeah, it, it you you can feel under the car shit a bit. So um yeah, yeah we had we thought it'd be a good time to take a break, you know, with the certain key people and having real life things to do and you know we thought well yeah with with all the with all the opprobrium that's flying out the community towards frontier we'll we'll just give it a rest a bit and yeah yeah, yeah. so that's what we did so
0: and you said you're enjoying having a little bit of a break too right so yeah
2: so we'll so come to, back to fresh kind
0: of, yeah yeah to piggyback on that uh what is it about elite dangers that you enjoy doing most when you're in game
2: uh, that's that's it anything that makes for a nice story um so it could be anything gotcha um, yeah. when I was writing the Inara journals, in fact, in fact, talking to the Inara journals, um, on formerly Elite Week, now Black Sky Legion, uh, that their podcast, um, they actually voice acted a few of mine and I hope they do the rest because they, they, they got part of the way through one of my stories and I hope they actually, uh, it's actually commander Roy Cookson who's, who's arranging it. He's, and he's got, yeah. cause he's got more and more people doing those, doing the voice acting of them. So they're, they're actually sounding really good now. It's not just like two people reading a story now. It's like all voice acted right. bits and with, right. with a Foley artist as well, doing all the noises in the background. And so oh, it's, nice. it, it, it was, it was, it was, it's sounding really good. To it. So I hope, I hope I get, I hope there's a season two or season three. I can't remember how, wh- how he's divided the seasons up so yeah go and look at uh, Black Sky Legion slash Elite Week's YouTube channel and look for the Mac Winston stories because they're nice yeah they've got them into highlights they're nice they're they're isolated you don't have to go searching through the whole podcast they actually break out the parts of their 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 podcasts um, or like I think they do a live show as well into individual bits but yeah Mm -hmm. anything that anything that makes a story and it could be something as simple as I failed a mission once and I wrote this as I wrote, I turned this into a, a, an, a, a, you know, a, a logbook entry and an hour. It was like, um, sort of, I just, I literally missed this delivery mission by seconds. I mean, you, you know, when it's, ca- it, it was one of those really tight, yeah. tight, I can't remember, how long ago it was but they they used to have some quite tightly timed missions and you do a back whole back in the
1: day they back really in the, did. yeah it was yeah. like yeah. 30
2: minutes to do this and you take like four missions and try and race around all these systems and every interdiction was painful so i just just the fact of missing it but i missed it it was a delivery of fish <laughs> <laughs> and i missed it by seconds and then i was so annoyed i'd launched and i just I had all these fish in the hole, which now marked as stolen. So I launched and literally, as I was flying away, I dumped them. It was a planetary base. I dumped them over the planetary base <laughs> as I went. And I turned that into getting into, into a getting into trouble story. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with the, with, with the, with the station commander of Harvest Port and Capitol Nesses, who is like this, this formidable, sort of old imperial man who I always imagined to be, if, you, if, you, if you've ever watched Red Dwarf?
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: You know, Captain yeah. Hollister, that kind of uh-huh. resigned look gotcha. that he has, he goes, yeah. you know, and that, that resigned look he has on his face, I was imagining this guy behaving, it's, it's like, here they are again, because it'd be me and my shipmate, and we'd turn up in his office, we'd be summoned to his office again. And he would have this look of re- look of painful resignation on his face, uh, and I, that's how I imagined this guy. And I just wrote a little story about this, and um, uh, uh, and I I can't I don't know if whether Roy Cookson's made that into a I, I'm not sure, but anyway, it's just little fun things like that. And I, and another one where I I clipped a police, you know, when they put the fine in for speed, if you collide with somebody on speeding, um, mm-hmm. I I. I, I was, I was again. It was another EIC group event because we had a player event. We had a player group we were opposing, and we're actually trading to oppose. We're actually trying to push another, a different faction to make this faction lose an election. So we're pushing the the, the opposition, and so we're loading Imperial clippers and cutters with like tea and tobacco. And it was just trading between two stations within the system. And one of these runs, I got docking. I clipped a, a police Viper and of course got fined for it. So I turned that into a little right. story. It was like, you know, it was like, you know, fine hundred, you know. I said, what? He crashed into me kind of thing. And the whole story about going to pay the, actually going to see someone to pay the fine and having this condescending little twat of a civil servant sort of looking down his nose at you and giving you a, <laughs> say, well, it was your fault, really. What speed were you doing? Kind of thing. And it's like this, Oh
1: man! well,
2: my shipmates like prodding it, just pay the damn thing. Yo, only you know, it's only a hundred credits.
1: It's only a hundred credits. Yeah.
2: That's yeah. awesome. But, but, but yes. So, Anything, anything like that that can result in a, anything that can result in a story to tell is it's kind of the right. thing I like doing in games so it runs the whole gamut from doing expeditions to just plain old training trading to fighting in conflict zones and having something happen to being pirated by a player um or
1: is there anything, um, any like elite dangerous thing that you don't participate in that you'd like to?
2: Um, I've never been a fuel rat. Okay. Uh, I've um, I've sort of hull sealed a bit, um, but informally. But I've never really okay done those. Lo- I've never actually been officially any of those things. So yeah, um,
1: is that something you'd like to do? Then do you think?
2: Yeah, I, I guess it'd be good fun. Yeah, it is good I fun. mean, it's finding the time to do it. That's the only thing. That's,
1: yeah, that's the thing. Mm, that's mm-hmm. the thing. I I never officially became a fuel rat. Yeah, um, it's still it's still on the docket. I've done, um, especially when they had the um, the free the free epic launch and yeah. um um elite was free yep. there were a lot of people running out of fuel so um yeah. so that yeah. was incredibly fun but i i again it's it's that having the time to do it i barely have the time to play elite at the moment
0: yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah right <laughs> That's
1: it when you create content around Elite and it's mostly like talking about Elite you don't Yeah, just you, yeah, that's the, that's the, that's
0: the irony
2: yeah. of, of it all. You are doing everything you're doing all this content create you're doing so much you just don't have time
0: to actually play
2: the damn game.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> Speaking of, what would you say is your your fondest memory or the most amazing thing that's happened to you while you were playing the game?
2: I think probably that my most intense moment in any video game was actually trading. Um, again, it was another EIC thing. We were trying to, there's this whole thing going on the, the Pegasi sector. you had, uh, uh, Archon Delane had started up and you, the bunch of players were sort of going and supporting him. And there was a, I think it was with, patrius i can't remember who it was there was the i'm pretty sure it's patrius there was like this whole imperial thing this whole imperial thing about opposing them so of course us being empire we did what we could so there was a there was there's a bunch of trading going on and so and it was also relatively early on i had a type 7 and you know, you know what's you know what type seven is like. It's basically a big flying coffin, which doesn't, yeah, you know, it 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 doesn't do <laughs> right. much in the way of manoeuvring very well. It's got quite, <laughs> it, it's got quite good yaw, but pitch and roll or nothing. Yeah, they're a bit disappointing, and it's not very fast, and it's a bit squishy. Uh, but it does, for its price, it carries a lot of cargo because they're they're cheap. I mean, it's like a third of the price of Python. Um, so, I'd, I'd got this shiny Type 7 and I'd managed to get the shield, at least the shield A rated. And we're doing this. Yeah. We're trying, and of course, it's high value stuff. It was like platinum one, I think it was like Imperial slaves one way and platinum the other, or, or some high value metal. So, every, every time I left Webport in 34 Pegasi, it was like a large chunk of my net worth was in the hold of this ship. Anyway. The, there was all these shenanigans with players going on and I launched, and I could see the hollow square. In fact, the hollow triangle sitting right on the station axis outside the station as I launched. And it was just, it was obvious what it was up to. It was an Imperial Clipper, which unlike the type seven is quick
1: mm-hmm. and can turn mm-hmm.
2: reason, even if it slides a bit, it can, it turns a lot better than the type seven. And has a lot more guns than a type seven and a lot more shields than a type seven. It's just everything that a type seven isn't in terms of combat. (laughs) Right. So I learned, I thought, right. Well, here we go. Um, if I fly out straight and high to, to high weight to my next system, I'm never going to make it out in mass lock. It's just not going to happen. So what I'll do is I'll hug the side of the station, a bit like I did with Stevie G. I, I, I hug right, I th- right. and hope he hits the station because then the station yeah. will just turn around and gank him. It'll insta-jiv him. <laughs> so anyway, I hug. And and the other, the other curious thing is the extensive mass lock at the back of the station is close to the station and the front of the station. So- it's equidistant from about the middle of the docking port. And of course the, yeah. there's a lot more on a Orbis station. There's a lot more back than there is front. So this is not so with the Coriolis, of course, because they're, they're kind of, you yeah, know, they're not deep, but the, 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 the Orbis and what, whatever the other one is, Bernal stations, you yeah, know, the, the one with just the bulb at the end, <laughs> they all sell uh, yeah, us. Yeah. They all extend back a long way. Uh, and so, Anyway, I, t- I had to fly this Type 7 like an eagle. This guy, immediately, he starts lighting me up, and he's zipping around me. He's just flying around me like, you know how you have a wasp flying around your head on a summer's day? He was yeah. doing this. Yeah. He was His ship was just so much more manoeuvrable than this Type 7, and I was trying to fly this thing in gaps that a Type 7 has no business flying through, you know, in the structure of the ship. Trying not to get smashed to bits by the rotating station... And blown up because whenever he could get, whenever he could get a clear shot of me, he shot and my shields were going down quite quickly. And literally, and this was in VR too. I was playing this in VR and I was literally, my heart was pounding because I realized if this was like half my net worth was in this ship, it was, it was going to be, it, being blown up would be a disaster, the, uh, basically a financial disaster for me. <laughs> Somehow, I just got out of mass lock and started changing. My frame shift jar- drive finished charging just as my shields went down, and then oh, it was man. like sump <gasps> back in my seat, <sighs> sort of have a little breather <laughs> in the next system. And, uh, and this, it, it was, it was just, it was, it, it was so intense. This encounter, it was just, it was, oh, it yeah. was absolutely brilliant. And I, I reflected yeah, back on that. It, it, was, just, too, yeah, it like- was just, yeah, it was just. It was just superb. It was really, really intense. The other good moment was, the other brilliant moment was, well, it was more of a moment. It was a brilliant fortnight. Um, Remember the jaunt to Jack's when Jack's station had just been found. Um, Uh I went on the second expedition and it was big, again, we had meetups and we had this rule. I think it was Cohen Leth who had um, planned the route for this. So I went on the second August Exodus trip to Jack Station. And that was absolutely, I did a because I, I didn't have much engineering. I only had like grade three on the FSD on this Python. 20 light year jump range. It was a thousand jumps but
1: oh that hurts yes a me. thousand that jumps that actually hurts yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. it, and it and it, it was
2: it was quite a tight schedule we it was a two week it was two weeks to get out there and so there was a lot of jumping but yeah i i did it and the the great thing is is a community goal started at jacks for exp- exploration data which was going when I arrived. So I had a thousand jumps worth of data to wow. turn. Wow. <laughs> oh no, that's great.
1: Oh. So, that's oh. great
2: done. <laughs> so it ended up being quite, it ended up being quite useful for me in the end. It, that is the big earner. And it's funny, there, another one with, with uh, the whole Colonia situation was back in there. They, they had, um, there was a bug where they were doing transport missions, long range transport missions with a, a completion time of 24 hours
1: mm-hmm.
2: from Colonia to the bubble. But they paid a lot. And I thought they should have just left it in because if you've got the dedication to do it, I think you should be paid a few hundred million for I agree, moving absolutely. whatever it was they wanted from Colonia to the bubble. Same. And I did it. It was, an, I thought, okay, I want to go back to the bubble because I want to do some EIC stuff. And I've been away from, uh, BGS for a month now doing stuff in Colonia because it was uh, it, we, I'd done the Christmas Carriers Convoy and it was like, yeah. You know, so I'll do one of these missions. And it was like a grey, wet, sat- it was a, like in January or February. It was a really cold, nasty day, so I stuck the headset on. I did it all in VR. It was about 12 hours on the clock. It was about 10 hours of actual flying. So I didn't have a, I didn't have a, I didn't have a um, auto repair thing and so I couldn't really neutron boost. Um oh, man. I, so I had to do it all I could do a few neutron boosts, but I had to do it all just in a right. it was in an Anaconda, but it was way down in masses of cargo. So I only had a 35 light year jump range. So but fortunately in those days there was always lots there's always somebody on invoice on the um CCN Discord. So there's like half a dozen people on invoice and they kept me sane. They kept me from going space mad but literally it was like this epic journey that i did i just didn't a single day i stopped for lunch and stopped for dinner and that was it <laughs> it was just <laughs> it was just jump 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 but yeah it was uh, oh
1: my gosh that dedication
2: yes it was that it, but it, it's another good memory doing that and yeah. i and that made that made enough to turn my anaconda into a battle anaconda which i could use there in we conflict zones
1: well, yeah <laughs> what this is going to this is gonna be a very um a very strange question for you because I think it's relatively obvious. Um what is it that keeps you logging back in?
2: I, I'm just a hopeless addict. <laughs> <laughs> basically.
0: But yeah, it's it's the,
2: the the ongoing the ongoing stuff with the with our BGS group. It just yeah, you know, gives reason and purpose. And I also, I I just, I'm either going to have to get a new graphics. I'm still on a GTX 980, so I've had to give up VR for now. And although there's there's a there's that there are some bits of optimism that performance they are fixing performance in Odyssey, Mm -hmm. and graphic new graphics cards are starting to become available. You can now get a 98, sorry, 3080 Ti for RRP, which. It's still a lot of money, but it's better than, you yeah, know, I refuse to deal with scalpers. I just won't do it. Um, yeah. Yep. So, um, but, yeah, I think, shall I get a new video card now? Should I hold, Well, Trouble with Christmas is coming up, so they'll probably shoot up in price again. But um, so perhaps I can restart with VR again because I have stuck the headset on. Flying into an atmospheric planet in VR until the frame rate Tanks is breathtaking It's absolutely yeah. beautiful. And for all the faults of yep. the Odyssey Terrain generation system, well, we all know about the repeating textures, yeah, which yeah. frontier know is a big issue with, especially with explorers and uh and in in dr k ross i trust um i'm sure <laughs> yes i
1: 100 absolutely i'm sure yep.
2: that they'll, they'll eventually it's going to need a lot of work i don't think it's going to be anything they can fix time soon but i'm sh- they they know how much we care about it i think david braven probably cares about it too and has probably mm-hmm. said you know mm-hmm. just yeah we don't mind that it takes time just try and find something to make this better but when you actually get down to surface level the scenery is often absolutely yeah yeah, people complain yeah there are odd bugs and then weird textures here and there but notwithstanding that there are some absolutely breathtaking scenes i mean you know even amongst what what is perhaps boring terrain i found this flat place With the the terrain texture was like this. It looked like broken up salt flat and it had a blue sky. It it just looked like I'd landed in Utah and there was distant mountains. It looked like (laughs) I'd landed in the salt flats in Utah. It looked, it looked, it was absolutely, it, it was, even though it was mostly flat with some distant mountains, it was breathtakingly beautiful. And you've now got some, you've got features that I think are more convincing than horizons. Um, I've spotted things like, u-shaped valleys which are like the leftover from glaciation uh so in their geomes as i think dr ross called them um they they have taken in they've taken into account actual processes that might you know how might a feature be formed and i and i think it's it's where the system is working well it's working really well and it's bringing some absolutely breathtaking vistas um so yeah Every so every so often, I just I see a what looks like a nice planet with an atmosphere and fly to it just to drive my SR, SRV around it, you know, and and see it. even yeah. uh, even with the even with the slow flame r- frame rates right now, it's just it's uh, you know it, it can just look absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm positive about the future because they're working on these things and yeah. um, you know maybe in a couple of years we'll i'm i'm hoping that because the the, the whole controversy especially with distant worlds three and the tightening and stuff I, I you know right i'm just quietly optimistic that um in a couple of years time we you know somebody might be thinking of distant world three
1: yeah i agree i hope so
2: I mean, you always have to temper your Agreed. expectations because the the thing is, is what what they're doing, and the same thing applies. To, I don't play Star Citizen, but the same thing applies to Star Citizen as well. What they're trying to do is pretty ambitious, mm-hmm.
1: right. right? The
2: whole galaxy scale simulation and all the prop gen behind it, and you know it, it it is it is it is much harder to get right than say because they're. they're there was some you know, back when I think it's like roller coaster type. One of the frontiers, other games came out. It was like this game is brilliant. They must have their A team in this game and the B team on Elite. Well, Roller Coaster Tycoon is a, is a very closed environment. It has very mm-hmm. it has very concrete goals. Very, you know, it it's a lot. You know, it's a lot more defined than th- than. Right. Whereas Elite Dangerous is just wide. You know, it's 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 yeah. I think it's a it's a much bigger it's a much bigger task. And even if you do have a hundred developers working on it. I mean we've seen what happened with Star how many do Star Citizen have? They've got three hundred or so working on it and they still haven't got a release. It's just hard. It's it's a lot of work. And mm-hmm. so you know this this is why there aren't that many space sims because it's a lot of work <laughs> and it's niche. So it's yeah. It's not, it, you know, it's risky. Uh, and in fact, that was the whole thing behind the Kickstarters because Frontier we were, were thinking, well, how many people would really play this? And let, let's test the waters by doing a Kickstarter. And um, fortunately, it worked out. Uh, but yeah, it's, yeah. It, it is risky for companies to do that. That's why most game companies come out with small, well-defined addictive games because they know they'll sell or, such-and-such such game two or such-and-such such game three. You know, it's uh, – but, yeah, both Frontier and Cloud Imperium and uh, whoever – who's at Hello Games who do um, No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky, yeah. It yeah. is – you know, it's – they've had to – you know, it's been a bigger risk for them, but um, they're all being st- – th- th- you know, they're all – I mean, No Man's Sky is, is one that's held up as an example of something that started bad but has come good. And right. I could see the same thing with Odyssey. Odyssey, you know, the, it's been a lo- learning experience for for everyone. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, yeah, I I can I can I can understand the difficult. I, I can understand why you know, everybody's been a bit upset about it. But on the other hand, I can understand the the monumental task Frontier have in front of them to do yeah. to meet player expectations.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: It is a it is a big job.
0: Yeah, mm. Yep. Definitely. Um changing tack real quick. If we say time travel exists and you could go back to the first day you were playing Elite Dangerous or even Elite going all the way back to the ZX Spectrum, um what what would be the one piece of advice you would give yourself as a new commander?
2: Save early, save often.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's, that's, yeah, that's like the best advice period. And, especially and, and in as the as Elite as well.
2: Dangerous era, it's the, the, the same that the, it's now, never fly without a rebuy. It's the yep. same thing, but it, back in those days, if you if you died, you went back to your last save position. Uh, right. Anyway, yeah. So yeah, save early, save often. Yep. But I, funnily enough, I have occasionally I have got risky and flown without a rebuy, yeah. but it's never gone bad for yeah. me. Yeah,
0: I mean, what's the Not worst, the worst. Thing that can happen? You end up in a loaned s- loan sidewinder again yeah indebted to whoever it is that provides those things yes <laughs>
1: <laughs> as far as we we've touched on the future um future content and um how what what you're hopeful for in the future is there a bit of content for elite dangerous that you have um you completely have your fingers crossed for um appearing in the in the future be it a distant future or relatively
2: recent uh planets with thick atmospheres and weather systems i would love just to come cruising in through the blackness of space with it you know in in super cruise glide uh, the sky steadily gets a bit like on on the odyssey planets the sky getting steadies and then you fly through a rain shower and rain starts streaking up the canopy yeah And you know that it goes slightly green as you fly through some bad weather and stuff I'd i 'd love to see though no, that that again is a big big ask because you think you think how many yeah. how long did the Microsoft Flight sim people spend on the weather in their game yeah and you 've got to yeah. do that, but not that that works for just the earth you 've got to do a convincing weather system for different quite a range of planetary gravities. Atmosphere density. A procedurally generated yeah. weather system. Yeah, it's yep.
0: that takes into account different gravities, yeah. and different, different gaseous. Yeah,
2: and you've got to make it convincing. You know? So you've got to have. You might not simulate things like fronts necessarily, but you've got to. You've got to make it look like you've got things like weather fronts and hurricanes yeah. and all that kind of all the kind of stuff you'd expect. In a planet and different extremes of it, because different. You know, you imagine a planet with say four atmospheres of pressure, uh, where the average temperature is fifty Celsius. It's going to have much different weather to the Earth, for instance. Probably much Mm. more extreme in place, especially if there's. Think of like a maybe a uh, planet that's that's uh, tidally locked. That's going to have with an atmosphere. That's going to have very interesting weather with one side permanently dark and one side permanently light.
0: Yeah, yep. So very true, but it'd be so nice be, to cut, to fly. It'd through. be great for
2: exp- <laughs> it'd be great for explorers, but it's a yep. big, big ask.
0: Yeah, yep. If you could have um one going smaller scale, if you could have one quality of life improvement to elite that like wouldn't break the game, it wouldn't necessarily be you know a huge ask, but just something small that would make your life better as a commander. What would it be? in
2: why uh, VR on foot. Oh, yeah. because the the gray 2 d screen and the workarounds go into the external <laughs> camera that w- yeah. that is when we're getting towards ready player one once you've got VR on yes. foot it then becomes mm-hmm. a yeah. seamless experience. Uh, and you, you're no, because that's different difference with VR. When, when you're playing on a screen, you're kind of sitting there playing a video game. When you're a VR, right. you, I, I am, I am no, longer, uh, I'm no longer Java programmer by day and gamer by night. I am this space pilot. Right. It's just, it, it just puts you, it really puts you in the universe and having being able to do yeah. that on foot, being able to get out and just onboard your ship, walk through the station to the bar uh, and all that kind of stuff, seeing all the people there, you know, perhaps some players and what have you. And that would be nice. Coror- Coror- <laughs> and add- an adenum to that would be, Sort of things like, play, you know, make the social spaces more sto- social, sort of more player emotes and things like that. So yeah, you can, you yeah, can, yeah, you can, gesticulate, you can make expressions and stuff like that. Uh, yes, this,
1: yes. Like, um, give me more than just a tea bag. That's good. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: yep.
2: Then, it, then you're starting to get, then you can actually really get into your character properly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, yes. Definitely. Things. Do you
1: play anything else when you're not playing elite?
2: Yes. I, I'm i totally addicted to Starcraft 2. Okay. I started, Excellent. I usually play it for years and years and years. I've played Protoss in one versus one. Uh, and I'm sort of, I'm sort of mid-rank. I play, play Platinum League. I I got to play in Protoss, nice. which is, the, because basically you have leagues, you have bronze, silver, gold, platinum, diamond, masters, grandmasters, uh, masters is the top 2% in your region grandmasters is the top 200 so they're the really good people mm-hmm. and so sort of most people sort of in, end up in the middle so um, once you're in platinum you kind of know what you're doing it's just your execution is very imperfect and you might have trouble multi. because uh, starcraft is really a game a huge hugely a game of multitasking um, yeah. being able to divide yeah. your attention and the the pros are really good at it, but I'm not so good at it. So I, I every so often I almost get into diamond and then never quite make it. <laughs> Uh, oh, I no. started playing That's
1: my Overwatch story. My Overwatch yeah, story. Yeah. I started <laughs> <Like diamond. Nah. laughs>
2: A couple of months ago I started playing Zerg because I noticed with I'm not very careful with my units. Protos is expensive units you want to take care of. Um Zerg, you right. just swarm people, basically. Right. I thought I'm I'm my my unit loss tab is always too big when playing Protoss. So perhaps I, perhaps our play style is better for Zerg. Anyway, I'm really struggling with Zerg. It's, it's actually, it's a completely, <laughs> di- it's a totally different mindset playing Zerg. And yeah. But yeah, and I'm doing all the things that annoyed me when I was playing Protoss to my Protoss opponents. <laughs> <laughs> I, because nice. I think now, whenever I get matched up with a I thing, what, what used to really annoy me when, when I was playing against Zerg? The surprise mutilists, I always died to those. If I, if mutilists showed up and I hadn't scouted them, I died. And the, the lurkers, which are like these, these buried units, which, which send spikes up, they do tons and tons of damage. They're like siege units. Right. Even if I scouted lurkers coming, I really had a hard time with them. So I know, you know, I'd I, I do that. <laughs> but yeah, Zerg is, Zerg is, I'm struggling with it, but it's good, it's good fun. I've, i had some really good games, uh, and it's nice to, playing a different race and just getting a different perspective and it refreshes the game it's like starting from new and i watch too many yeah. i watch too many um i always watch falcon paladins uh youtube he, he cast a game about five days a week uh on the youtube and he's casted a few of my games because i i patreon i i'm on his patreon i send him a game every month and he, he so he cast one of my games so it's quite cuz he plays zerg uh, and he's in diamond league so he's he can usually make some useful comments about what I'm doing yeah. wrong uh, but yeah so I, I I like watching the the videos there as well the other one and this is uh, the the other the other game I play from t- time to time is train simulator <sighs>
0: Oh uh, it's good uh, interesting
2: I have I've always been a bit of a train enthusiast but and that is an expensive hobby because the thing is mm-hmm. if you think elite dangerous is a niche train simulators is a niche double plus and mm-hmm. if you and then you think the add-ons because everybody complains about the cost of the DLC, but you think a route. Let's like say I don't know uh, what a, a route I bought recently was the Chatham and Medway Valley lines, which go from go out from London out to Chatham and through the Medway Valley, as the name describes, out into Kent. Right? Uh, you think in the amount of design, yeah? You know, whoever the people who made that route, the yeah, you know, it's about the size. I mean, it's long and narrow because it basically follows the railway line, but it's the amount of detail on that route and all the work they have to do and you have to get the signaling all set up so it works right, it's got to be at least as much work as doing a map like the gta map or something like that the actual square meterage of the whole thing or square kilometers because these some of these routes have like a 100 plus miles of you know track miles in them and you've got junctions and signals and yards and towns and that kind of thing of course everything further from the lines a bit you know less detail but anything close in you know you got to make it look good you've you've got to do some work with it so um I can understand and you think uh, uh, an add-on for train simulators a niche within a niche within a niche so you know to cover their costs it's never going to be cheap. Uh and there uh, there's there's one purveyor of, uh, as they call themselves purveyor quality train simulator add-ons. Uh, it's called Armstrong Powerhouse and they specialize in locomotives and multiple units and they have done an absolutely superb British Rail Class 37 with all the liveries and everything. And because they start out by making improved sounds, uh, and the, s- the sound of this thing is absolutely sw- They actually went out and they went and recorded all the sounds the loco makes, um, depending on power settings and whatever. So the whole thing, it, you know, you watch a video on YouTube f- from some training enthusiasts of fil- them filming a real one. And mm-hmm. then listen to the train, the, the Armstrong powerhouse class 37 on train simulator. And you realize it's absolutely spot on. But there's all sorts of things you hear. You hear like if you're the right, if depending which cab you're in, you hear different stuff. Yeah. Like, and the, I think it's the number yeah. one end. You hear the fan come on. Yeah. You know, as the engine heats up, you, you'll hear and you'll hear a compressor kick in every so often to, to keep the, uh, the train brake pipe reservoir charged. And at the other end, you hear some of the contactors go. So when you you take power, you you go from off to just on. You'll hear a big contactor go clunk behind you, and and, and as you, <laughs> as you, as you as you're building it, you hear the turbochargers. You hear this. It sounds like a from the cab, It sounds like you're in a jet. All you can hear is the turbochargers go. Unless you put the window down, that's another thing. You put the window down, you hear outside noises, and then you can hear the actual main diesel engine. But with the window up. You mostly hear just hear the turbochargers. And you can hear as as you go through about thirty miles an hour, you can hear the hear the um field di- field divert contactors go. So you hear another it's very subtle, you just hear a subtle click, and then the engine note picks up uh, as as one field the traction motor field diverts kick in. And then another about fifty miles an hour, the second the second stage of field diverts kick, kick in. So and you've got yeah. all the safety systems. So you've got the 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 British Rail designed AWS. So as you're approaching uh, a yellow or red signal, you get a low horn. Or as you're approaching a green signal, you get a bell and all that kind of stuff. It, yeah, it's just... And and they've got the physics also of the braking because when when you put train brake yeah. on it doesn't it doesn't come on instantly you've got this long train behind you it takes a while for the brake pressure to right. change so you've got to be a little bit ahead of the game you have know, got to you know when you want to if you want to slow down and maintain thirty miles an hour you got to start unapplying the brakes a bit early because it takes a while for the brake pressure to build up again take the brakes fully off so yeah it's it's I quite enjoy that. It's quite good fun. So yeah,
1: nice, cool. cool. I have dabbled in train simulators <laughs> yeah. my life. It's it's, <laughs> it, 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 it's one of those games. It's one of those games that you don't. Ex- uh, I personally didn't expect to sort of like draw me in too much, and then I'm like, no, I need to get this right. Yes, <laughs> there's something very satisfa- very satisfactory about just being able to get it right, and yeah. don't have any sort of like violations of the rules yes yeah no it's no very, operational
2: errors if you can get through
1: exactly it's very fun there's something about it and i can't i can't place it
2: the, the cornish mainline is quite a challenge because of all the gradients yeah. and it's got quite low speed limits and lots of curves so to try and keep to schedule without breaking in the speed limits is um is yeah, quite a challenge it's
1: it's it's, it's, it's it's a lot more fun than i expected (laughs) it to be not as a as a non train enthusiast but having train enthusiasts within my life like my stepdad is a huge train enthusiast my brother-in-law goes out and takes pictures of them and all of that sort of stuff um i was like oh i'll dabble and yeah it's good fun (laughs) it's good fun i think though um mal i think that's i was covering is that covering the questions. The, big questions the big questions we're now on to the lightning round
0: oh oh nice yes we uh it's something we throw in at the end for fun and they're all elite dangerous questions the idea is to try and answer as quickly accurately and succinctly as possible okay um,
2: <laughs> this sounds like <laughs> so, a challenge
1: so, it's no yeah, nowhere near as right. bad as you think it's opinion it's, based yeah it's <laughs> it's,
0: it's a, it's very it's much simpler than than you would think it is but if you're ready yeah we will go ahead and start yeah, i'm good what's your favorite ship
2: Cobra mark three
0: least favorite ship anaconda best ship in the game
2: imperial Casa.
0: worst ship in the game
2: mm, type seven
0: Favourite station in-game?
2: Harvest port.
0: Uh, Favourite system?
2: Capafornasus.
0: True or false, there's a free Anaconda at Hutton Orbital?
2: Absolutely true. Uh,
0: On your ships, do you prefer engineered or vanilla modules? Engineered. Alliance, Federation, Empire or independent?
2: Empire, all the way.
0: Favourite power play leader?
2: Zemina Torval
0: oh, uh, If you run out of gas Fuel rats or do you blow yourself up?
2: Fuel rats
0: uh, If you have low hull uh, low Do you call the hull seals? Keep going or blow yourself up? Keep going uh, True or false There's a free fleet carrier At Beagle Point That's gotta be true Thargoids Friend, foe or undetermined Foe. And last flight assist, on or off.
2: Uh, mostly off. Nice. Nice.
1: Nice. Excellent. Is there anything that we haven't covered today that you would like to talk about, Mac?
2: Can I read you a story?
1: Ooh Absolutely you can.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay. Like- this is, we were talking about the fish earlier. This is, I, yes. I looked at my logbook entry. This is from the 12th of February 3302 logbook entry. You fool. Harvestport <laughs> Deputy Station Commander George Oppenheimer looked at me with a pained face of resignation. Twice in one week. How? Twice in one week, he said turning his eyes towards the ceiling for some kind of divine intervention. Uh, Sorry, sir, I said pathetically. And your explanation is... We had a shiny new Python equipped for doing virtually any contract going, and as a bit of proving run, we had taken a big list of contracts from the Harvest Port's mission board. All of them pretty straightforward deliver a contract here, deliver some cargo there. Part of the way through, while turning in some courier documents, I caught a glimpse of a local em- Empire faction wanting to move some goods. Let's say, not entirely legal ones. With a payment of nearly three quarters of a million, how could I resist? Shame it caused us to overrun the delivery of fish, of all things. The news had got back to Oppenheimer <laughs> before we even got back to Harvest Port ourselves. There was a distress signal, I said, and we all know about the rules on those. Had to stop and check it out. And? Oh, it was some kind of fool who'd run out of fuel. I think we were too late. The ship was cold and dead anyway, and we didn't have the gear to, to do the fuel transfer, so I reported it at our next stop. Perhaps the fuel rats will be able to help. Well, I admire your dedication to the safety of lives in space, Oppenheimer said forcefully, and I'll be checking with the stations on the itinerary to make sure it was this was true, by the way. Now, there's nothing else you want to tell me. Uh, I don't think so, no? You don't think so? What about the detour you, you took? Oh, that. Well, there was another Empire group wanting a delivery, and I thought we could fit it in. I see. A delivery of what? Uh, I don't remember. You don't remember? Vasquez, do you remember, he said, his penetrating gaze sweeping across the room towards Cal like a laser beam. Cal shuffled uncomfortably. No, sir, he replied. We were only late by seconds, I said, trying to keep the conversation away from that topic. Mission failed flashed upon my console and we were literally on final approach to shoot's holdings. We had a docking clearance and landing gear was down. Oppenheimer interrupted as his face subtly changed a few shades of red. You know the East India Company relies heavily, heavily on its reputation for getting a job done well? Yes, sir, a uh, commander did say. And a second late as a contract failed? Yes, he said that also. And the reputation damage can cost millions? I nodded. And that. He reminded me of that. Yes, sir. And. "'Can you tell me why it rained fish at Schutz Holdings?' Oppenheimer said menacingly. (laughs) "'Oh, no.' On Climb Out, well, we were a bit frustrated about a mission failed by mere seconds, and Cal had ejected ejected the cargo of now marked as stolen fish, just before we hit space. The cargo canisters had fallen 10 kilometers to the surface and burst open on impact. 8 tons of fresh fish suddenly rained down over the entire planetary outpost. It had caused <laughs> it had caused a bit of a stink apparently. Uh, uh, I stammered. "Vasquez, why didn't you stop him?" Oppenheimer asked, glaring at Cal angrily, completely unaware it was actually he who was the built guilty party. Cal coughed uncomfortably. "'He didn't get a chance,' I said, chilled in from the blame. "'I was angry about this hit situation, so I just hit jettison.' "'You fool! You bloody fool! Now both of you get out!' Oppenheimer yelled, stabbing a fat finger towards the door. "'We didn't hang around.' "'Well, that went better than I thought, I remarked to Cal, Cal as we hurriedly "'put some distance between us and Oppenheimer's office.' "'Why did you take the blame?' Cal asked, as we hurried. "'He doesn't hate you. Well, yet.' I don't think you have much to lose with open iron. Oh, come on! Let's find some onion head and forget contracts for a while, and then a nice relaxing weekend of mining.
0: I love it. (laughs) I love it. That's fantastic.
2: (laughs) Yes. Anyway, that that came out of as I as I mentioned earlier, a failed mission. Just a failed mission while doing BGS work.
1: That's so cool. Nice. I love it. I Amazing. love it. I love it when people. Well, there's so many um, th- that we've spoken to as well. We've spoken to previously, and we'll probably speak to um, lo- lots more people. But um, so many creative people. Um, yes. It be it be creative writing or be it just um, uh, uh, imagery and uh, video and all of that. Um, all of that cool stuff. There are so many creative people that play that game, and I love love the fact that Elite can even like a little failed mission can generate that spark of creativity. I love it.
0: Agreed. Agreed. If anyone wants to connect with you, get to know you better, read more of your stories, all that kind of stuff, um, plug your stuff. Where can they find you online?
2: Uh various discords. I'm on the Lave Radio Discord, Sagai Discord, EIC Discord. Um, probably the most public Discord. Uh, uh what, uh, Black Sky Legion, um, which is, um, well, Black Sky, Sky Legion, Lave Radio are the, probably the most public ones. I think I'm still on, I have it in a folder though. I'm still on the, um, uh, where is it? The uh uh the, the one the colonia one, whatever it's called. CCN. CCN. I'm still that that's oh, somewhere yeah, CCN. with yeah, Less really nice logo.
1: Same that's somewhere as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Cool. Nice. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming and joining us. This has been this yeah. is this is it's so it's so wonderful to speak to someone with such passion. Because it's, it's yes. so evident from everything that like you say how passionate you are about the game, and I love that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yes, indeed. But yes. Thanks
1: so much for coming on. Very much indeed. Appreciate
0: yes, it. I appreciate I
2: appreciate the invite.
0: Holy crap. He really got, has done everything.
1: <laughs> he's got like a, a, a story to follow everything. And they're all right? wonderful as yeah. well. There's a, like, what, what a varied, elite, dangerous career that man yeah. has. Wowza.
0: I really, I was really kind of like shocked and surprised and amazed by the whole, uh, the storytelling aspect mm. of it. Like, I should have known just based on his CV, right? On the amount of things that he's done that revolve around narrative, of course he's going to be good at narrative, but yeah. man.
1: <laughs> yeah, very much so.
0: I feel like very we should uh, so. we should start an elite dangerous discord specifically for No no, no, <laughs> no,
1: no, 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 no! no, It would just take up so much can't, time. I was going to say, can't can, it can take, we make can't,
0: one more thing to take no, up a little bit more no, time? No, no,
1: no, no! I we can't because it would it would literally consume every inch of my being. Because yep. the, the last time I did something like that, I did, and I, 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 I yeah, I, I. The only thing that I can neglect now, Mal, is sleep, and we can't neglect <laughs> sleep. <laughs>
0: sleep is important. Sleep we is need so that sleep.
1: <laughs> like no, honestly, the last time I did something I did something like um like a play by post uh, effectively, but like role play like that play by post. There was right. a time when um I was still typing away and still typing away stuff and because they were on the other side of the pond, it was 7 a.m. and I hadn't gone to sleep yet, and I cannot oh, do that to myself no. again.
0: <laughs> no, that is <laughs> not might, good. <laughs>
1: this might be a little That's bit of a cry good. for help hidden in this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, then, okay, we won't do that then.
1: A very obsessive (laughs) point. I mean, if somebody else wanted to do it, I'd love to go in and read it, but I certainly wouldn't partake.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, Oh, I came over in cold sweats even thinking about that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I apologize. I shouldn't have brought it up. I know better. It's,
1: It's quite all right. But, I mean, Mark did sow those seeds, and it really... Yeah. It makes me want to think about doing like RP narrative within the game as well. Yeah. I just don't know where i start.
0: Yeah. We need, we need a place to start. Mm. Well, we'll, we can think about that. There's time. (laughs) Elite's not going anywhere. But that's all for this week. You can browse episodes and check out more information about the podcast at our website, flightassistpodcast.com. And you can stay up to date by following us on Twitter at flightassist underscore ED remember
1: this podcast is all about commanders and communities and that means you we'd love to hear the questions you want us to ask our guests and if you're an elite dangerous commander who wants to be a guest on the podcast or if you'd like to nominate a commander to be our guest we need to know that too
0: Send us your questions and information on Twitter by tagging Flight Assist underscore ED, by email to info at flightassistpodcast.com, by our Discord at discord.io forward slash flight assist, or by dropping us a line using the contact form on our website.
1: If you would like to support the podcast and get access to exclusive content at the same time, you can do so by visiting patreon.com slash flight assist. With thanks to our flight officer patrons, Atom Farin. Baron Von Marlon, Commander Reese Lang, Crispy Tatertot, Elvis Kremen, Glitched Helix, Jonathan Turner, Kaldra, Not Me Mister, Slightly Dave, Timis V2, and Tomax 99.
0: Until next week, this is Commander Mal for the win, and Commander Psykit, handing the controls back to you. Flight assist off.